Feels so good. Out here in Mountain, it's a real good morning. I bet these birds gobble probably right. close to a hundred times. Tater rocking season, boys. Welcome to the Stress South Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. Today we got another great episode. This is episode 48, I believe. And we've got Bradley Collings on here. He's from Tennessee. Um, he's just a good old dude that likes to deer hunt and likes to turkey hunt, just like all of us. Um, we're going to talk to him today about just hunting stuff and we're gonna hit on probably the biggest topics is uh we talk a lot about um to begin with we talk about the uh the the archery velvet season opportunity whatever they call it i don't i can't remember but we talk about that and we talk about his hunt this season for that three-day season um it's a pretty awesome thing i think the tennessee's doing and then after that we talk about a lot of hunting stuff we talk about we really hit on a lot about you know deer and deer size down here in the south and i know we seems like we talk about that a lot but i mean uh, i i just i find it really interesting and i think a lot of people do so um and then we talk about bow hunting league um it's a uh kind of like a group or it, more or less a group slash opportunity um to kind of just get in with a group of folks uh you make a team up of, of your you know your choosing and um you kind of it's really just a group of guys and group of buddies and guys and gals that uh like to share their hunting stuff and you know just try to see who can uh like a friendly competition sort of deal so we talk about that and he's uh he's in on that so it's a lot of good stuff in this one hope y'all enjoy and if you haven't leave a rating or leave a review if you're on itunes or any other podcast app you know platform um check us out on uh youtube facebook instagram um stress house tv subscribe like do all that stuff leave a rating and review and uh if you leave that rating and review on the podcast man it really really helps us out and we really greatly appreciate all the reviews that we do have and the ratings we've got um so i'll quit rambling and we'll get into it hope y'all enjoy all right everybody we got bradley collins on the line with us what's up bradley oh just enjoying the evening yeah man i'll tell you it's pretty nice man it's uh Temperature says it's like 80-something degrees, but uh, it don't quite feel like it. No, it's nice out. It's uh, starting to get that fall weather coming in. It's starting to feel like deer season. Yeah, that uh, the humidity is actually starting to starting to drop a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. It's it's getting there. Um, but uh, Bradley, you're you're up in uh, Tennessee. Yes, and we wanted to get you on here to just talk hunting pretty much. And uh, there's a couple of topics we'll hit on and stuff. But um, before we get into anything, we'll go ahead and knock out our rapid-fire Q&A. Sounds good. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually pretty fired up because uh, we're recording this basically almost – almost live because this is a Thursday night and y'all are going to be hearing this Friday morning. So, um, the day, basically the evening before is when it was recorded. And that means 
this weekend is college football. It sure is. Uh, I am fired up. So, with that said, to start off our rapid fire Q&A, uh, favorite football team? Uh, as far as college goes, it's going to be the Volunteers. Uh, I'm from originally from Western New York, and we don't really have a whole lot of football teams we're talking about. So uh, when I moved down here, I quickly assimilated into the college football area, and uh, Volunteers stuck with me. Okay. I won't hold that against you too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you could be an Auburn fan. It could be worse. Yeah, it, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite uh, toy as a kid? Favorite toy as a kid? I honestly want to say my bow. Uh, I spent a lot of time. My parents will tell you a lot of stories about me shooting birds out of bushes and stuff in the backyard and I shot a lot of different bows as a kid, wore them out, and had to keep getting new ones. Awesome. Um, number one vacation spot. Well, uh, I'm going to say uh, Rosemary Beach, Florida. Uh, my in-laws have a condo down there, so when we go down there, it's uh, pretty expenses-free, which makes it a whole lot easier to go down there. Um if I was going to say anywhere else, I guess it'd be back home to to New York. Awesome. Um, iPhone or Android? Android. Android all day. I I, I see <laughs> what I was. I just spent. Whew, it feels like three months working on this turkey video that I did on my sister-in-law's MacBook, and I don't know the first thing about an eye anything, and it was terrible. I was having to call all my friends, ask them what to do, how to turn this on, how to move that. I don't understand the iPhone. Oh, stuff. man. I, it's, it's the same for me. I, I'm kind of the opposite. But, I, man, anything Apple, that's why I like it. To me, it's, it's so much more simple to use. But, yeah, it's all like uh, – I, I do like the fact that, you know, everything goes from your phone to your computer to your, you know, pick whatever, the whole iPod stuff and all that and – yeah, everything's connected. Mm-hmm. Um, our last one, favorite breakfast item. Favorite breakfast item. Now, I thought a lot about this, um, and I'm going to go with strictly just bacon because if you don't like bacon, then we're probably going to have an issue. That's, uh, that's a pretty solid answer because um, it kind of covers everything. Right, yeah, you I mean, can put bacon in anything. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any any type of breakfast entree that you're going to eat is going to have bacon on it. Right, or better have bacon if it on it. Don't, <laughs> yeah, if it, yeah, if it don't, then it ain't breakfast. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's a little bit of a disclaimer, though, here, that uh, the iPhone and the Android question, that was... Uh, I know you. We talked about it before. You were saying you were on Android before we even mm-hmm. started recording. So that was that was strictly for for everybody listening. That was strictly for the moment. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you're from. Uh, you said you were from New York. I was going to ask you about that. How long have you? Uh, how long have you been in Tennessee? I got here in uh, 2012. Um, March of 2012, I believe it was, after uh, the Army sent me here to Fort Campbell, um, Kentucky, which is funny story. The, the flagpole is in Kentucky, so it's Fort Campbell, Kentucky, but 80% of the base is in Tennessee. So, um, But, yeah, I guess I got here about 2012. Nice. Um, what, what did you uh, do for the Army? Oh, I was a medic, a, a combat medic in the Army. I went to uh, Germany first, Afghanistan, and I came to Fort Campbell and uh, fell in love with the area, and I got injured, and a bunch of other stuff happened, so I uh, I stayed here, and the rest is history, I guess. Good deal, man. Well, I w- first and foremost, I want to thank you for your service. Um, oh, thank you. Really, really appreciate that. I mean you and not just you but i mean all the other 
any other of the veterans out there. I mean, they make it possible for for us to do what, whatever we want to do pretty much on a daily basis. So. Yeah, if it wasn't for the guys before me, I wouldn't be here talking about the same stuff I'm talking about now. So it's uh, it's humbling across the board for all of us, and we really appreciate it when people uh, take a second to notice, or, or I don't want to say notice, but uh, just, just say that thank you. It really helps all, a long way um, to the veteran community. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think that it should be, you know, it's one of those things that should should go without hesitation, I, I would say. Um, and speaking of uh, being able to do whatever we want to do, you uh, being up there in Tennessee, you just recently went on the new, I guess, what do they call it, the early opportunity or early? Yeah, the uh, antlered only early archery season or something in the books, but uh, it's been dubbed the velvet velvet buck season by just about everybody around yeah um i think it's an awesome i think it's an awesome thing that tennessee's doing that um see and, uh, you say that you were, there's a lot of people upset about it uh on both sides of the ticket one one side is like gun hunters are just mad that it's not fair that they don't get to hunt and then on the other side of it people are like well you're killing all the bucks too early and you're you know everyone's got that that Facebook degree, they all know better than the biologists and everything. So there's there's been some back and forth. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot other than the fact that it was uh well I can't say that. It was it was nice last weekend. But uh I can imagine if it was regular August and it'd be ninety, ninety five, it could have been a rough, rough weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as the as far as, you know, gun hunters, you know, being upset about it, thinking you're killing all the bucks, I mean, I mean, yeah, you might be killing some bucks, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, like, to me, that's just, that's kind of an ignorant argument, because we all know, and everybody should know, that the does are more important than the bucks are, so. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean... You killing a few bucks, okay? You just killed a few bucks, but you know you kill a few does, you possibly killed several bucks in the process. Yep. So, um, but yeah, tell me, uh, tell us about that. Uh, I know you sent me some pictures. You were sending me some pictures and stuff, and mm-hmm. telling me about it. And, uh, so tell us how how that went. Well, I uh, I was actually supposed to work on friday opening day and my wife is actually was due that saturday uh so we're expecting our third kid so it uh it was very wishy-washy and then going going deep into it my daughter broke her leg so i ended up having to call out friday to stay and help with my daughter so i I missed some of that uh that early morning hunt uh and i i got to hunt a little bit i was supposed to hunt until uh basically the rain started about eight in the morning Ran back home to help around. Well, I wasn't going to miss that afternoon hunt. And uh, my wife's friend came into to the house, and she was like, look, just go. You know, you don't know if you're going to get another chance at it. So I jumped on it, and I, I ran back out and got back in the woods. And uh, that first afternoon, uh, first morning, I didn't see anything. It, it was really kind of odd because I had deer on camera in this area, every day for like 30 40 days in a row and that morning nothing um so i was kind of confused like i said you know the rain started real bad we backed out and uh i was on my way back in and there was a deer track in my footprint uh of my boot on my my exit so i was a little upset that i didn't stay but you know it's just it's one of those things uh so then uh i came back that afternoon and i had uh about 5.30, a couple does stepped out, um, and this year I'm starting to, I'm trying to film my own stuff this year uh, for the first time, so that was pretty awesome to have a doe out in front of me first where I could, you know, get catch camera angle, see which way it was going to move. I actually did, uh, uh, Cody from uh, Whitetail Legacy calls it fake kill, where you got a doe or a small buck out in front of you and you draw your bow at different spots during your, your shooting cycles. So you can see what it looks like, what it feels like uh, to get that, you know, see 
if you need to make any more trimming or you need to do anything like that. So I did, uh, I fake killed her a couple, two, three times and, uh, got everything on video, which was cool. Uh, got to see how all that was going to work out. And, uh, probably about an hour later, uh, two more does stepped in the field. I started doing a thing. Well, they came, the, the trail they walk goes right underneath my tree stand, probably about five yards. And, uh, they stepped through that trail. I noticed when I brought my, my camera around in front of me, it would hit like my chest and I couldn't get to where the deer were to keep filming them. Excuse me. So I set my, uh, set my camera down and I switched to my cell phone and I was sending some Snapchats and some videos and stuff like that. Heard a noise and, uh, what I thought was a buck grunt and I was like, that was awful weird, you know, and I, and I, I looked up in the field and I could see this this small basket rack six poked its head through the woods and uh it was i didn't know what to do you know you can uh, do you reach for your bow do you reach for the camera do you you're trying to film everything you're trying to and uh ultimately i reached for the camera and i spun the camera around and i got on i had about 30 seconds to make a decision whether i was going to take that animal or not and i chose not to which is a big step for me because i've always been a uh it's brown it's down kind of guy and this year I made a deal. I got my first set of public or first public land I've ever really hunted. Uh, so I set some standards for myself that I was going to try and uphold. And I thought, you know, when, when the event happened, I thought I was going to break down and I was going to, you know, say, let the standards go to the wind and just kill whatever. And, uh, I was actually pretty pumped about the fact that I didn't reach for my bow and just shoot that guy. And, and, uh, I'm going to let him go a couple more years and see what comes up with it. But, that was uh so that was Friday night. Uh, I got some really cool cell phone video of him literally at the base of the tree stand. I was I think I sent that to you. Um but other oh, than yeah. that yeah, then that was pretty cool. I think it was Saturday morning. I had uh I sat almost all day Saturday. Just cuz again, I didn't know if I was going to get to make it to Sunday or not with my wife uh, with their due date there and uh I said I came out for lunch for an hour or two uh, I saw a doe and some fawns in the morning that night I had a lone fawn come out uh and I noticed earlier in the day that there was a a buck and a doe fawn or what I assumed to be a buck and a doe fawn there was one fawn that had can you hear me oh all right I can hear you now oh okay um, so I had, uh, what I thought was a buck and a doe fawn between the two of them. And, uh, there, there was one that had, it looked almost like he was starting antler development, which seemed kind of crazy to me, but, uh, like little nubs were forming underneath his skin. I was trying to get it real good on video, but I don't think I did. And, uh, so anywho, later on that night, this lone fawn comes out and just, hung out in the field for her probably an hour or probably close to two hours um just at uh the, the end of shooting light you know he came out and eventually uh i'm hunting a suburban piece so uh there's people in and out and cars down the road and whatever and eventually the the landowner i was hunting on uh she left for the evening to go do something and spooked that little guy out of the field or what it seemed to be a guy out of the field and uh Sunday came around and it was uh Sunday morning it was supposed to thunderstorm all morning and I thought about getting up but uh I didn't I I slept in I probably should have but I didn't and of course it didn't rain only because I slept in um and then Sunday evening the rain came through I was I was still hemming and hawing on whether I was going to go and I got a uh, a Snapchat message from a friend that lives in town and it was a total monsoon. So we just skipped it, spent the evening with the family. Um, you know, assuming we weren't going to get any more days, just the three of us or four of us together. So it was, uh, it was a good time. I'm glad I, I did it. You know, I'm, I'm glad I took the days off and, or the day off. And, uh, but I'm sure when I go back up here next week and pull cards for the, probably the last time before opening day, uh, I'm sure there's going to be, a you know, a giant standing in the field Sunday evening where I should have been, but 
nothing he can do about that. What, um, forgive me if I, you didn't tell me this already. I don't remember, but, um, what area of Tennessee are you in? So I am in Stewart County, Tennessee. It's, uh, it's the first state across the, so Tennessee is broken up into the three groups, east, west, and middle, basically. It's the first county, uh, into the, the western Tennessee part of that, depending on which map you're looking at. Um, and, uh, it's, it's very, it's at the, the northern, northern part. I mean, it's a, it's a small jog for me to get into Kentucky. Um, so I, I'm in a, a little teeny town called Big Rock. It's right outside of Dover, Tennessee, and, and it's, uh, about 30 minutes away from Clarksville. It's probably the biggest, uh, area at where, right where Fort Campbell is. Oh, okay. Good deal. So you, yeah, you're, you're up there, you're up there at the top. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen, um, uh, seek, have you seen, uh, those guys on YouTube, Seek One? Not off the top of my head, no. Oh, well, it reminded me, um, it reminded me when you were saying you, about some, some suburbs, uh, these guys, they, they're like suburban bow hunters. Okay. I've seen the, the suburban bow hunters on carbon. Right. But, uh, and I think, I think, um, <clears throat> now, don't, don't quote me on this, but I, I do believe, I mean, people, I'm sure there's been people hunting suburbs for a long time, and, mm-hmm. but these guys, uh, seek one, it's seek one productions. And, uh, okay. I, I do believe that they were kind of like the first people to kind of bring it to the, bring any, bring it to the forefront or, you know, mm-hmm. put any light on it, I guess. And, uh, they, I mean, they kill giants every, every year. Um, I mean, I mean, when I mean giants, I mean like legends, like pushing 200 inches. Um, yeah. In Georgia, I mean, they're, they're here out of Georgia. And oh, they, they're the ones in Atlanta, so right? They, yeah, yeah, they're the ones in Okay, yeah, I have seen them. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I know this past year, they just recently are trying to, branch out and go to other big cities and they're going to Nashville. Um are they? Actually I think they went to Nashville last year and they're okay. starting to actually they're actually starting to show some videos from that trip of them going to Nashville. Um <laughs> I'll have to check that out. And I tell you man, they now they did a hunt I don't know exactly how they're doing it, but I I guess they're just kind of going up there and hunting wherever they can get permission, whether it be suburbs or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, Davidson County is kind of weird with their what you can and can't do inside the county. So I'm, I'm curious to know where they were at exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, I know they they were close to Nashville, I'm pretty sure, but I know they okay. found uh, – they found a they found a place. Of course, they're not going to say where they were because they're right. private property. But um, they they did find a place close to Nashville, um, and it was big. It looked like big soybean pasture, soybean fields, mm-hmm. and, um, like it had silos and stuff. It was a farm clearly, um, but they went up there and hunted for the the three day velvet season last year. That was the first okay. that Tennessee did it, and yeah, um, they saw some some studs. Um, so I just it, I was kind of going talking about that to get to the point of there's really you know a chance of a giant deer anywhere you go. Um, and I know there's uh, I don't think it is anymore, but it was the world record deer. I think got shot not too long ago up in Tennessee. Yeah, that was uh not last season, season before. Right, right. Um and then I was even looking yeah. I I mean I, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention but uh I got in that uh bow hunting league and uh they've been posting the, the biggest deer that have been killed up to for with 
coincided with how many days left there are to sign up. And uh, yesterday's number three was a 200-something-inch buck that was shot in Tennessee. And uh, I around the way know a guy that uh, is friends with the guy that shot it. So it was kind of cool to, you know, I got on there and I was like, wow, it's crazy to see that the giant deer like that. You know, you don't think of Tennessee, I, I mean, at least I never did think of Tennessee as a giant buck-producing state. You know, it's not Iowa, Illinois, anything like that. And uh, it's just really cool to see, you know, a couple of years ago, you got a world record. Now I'm seeing, you know, last year, the year before, there was a couple 200-inch buck shot. So it's, uh, we're, we're coming up. We're, you know, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll continue this trend we're on here and uh, get some giant deer on the ground. Yeah. Um, now, and I, I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit, actually. You made me think of the topic of it um and you were talking about bow hunting league we'll get into that in a, a little bit later um okay but yeah i think i mean i i don't know man i mean I, we talked about it with whitetail legacy guys and um that's kind of one of the big things i've always kind of i've always been fascinated with the idea of as to why there's some, you know, the deer so much bigger in the Midwest compared to the South. Or well, not really, not really the fact that they are bigger, but um, almost like a if it's if it's a hundred percent true, you know. Um, right, right. If it's, I mean, yeah, you're seen, just seeing those big states, big name states. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, and, and I think that's good, you know, you being in Tennessee and me in Georgia, I mean, it's essentially, they're essentially the same state as when it comes to terrain and mm-hmm. type of habitat and stuff like that. Um, and I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think, I just think there's, there's just giant deer everywhere, really. Um, yeah, and that's, a, I heard they killed, a really, really big one. I think it was actually maybe your podcast. Somebody was talking about killing a giant in Florida last week. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Can't remember what the I know. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what they said it scored. Um, but it was it was huge. Like, like we're talking. Yeah, and it, it, when I, mean, I think of Florida deer, I think of you know a Labrador, you know nothing bigger than that, but. Uh, that was a big deer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, and I'm, I've got several, you know, several friends that are in Florida and, um, you know, staying connected with them and talking with them. They, you know, they say that, you know, most of the deer are pretty, pretty good size. Like, um, it's really not too awfully hard to find a at least a hundred and thirty inch buck, you know, um, even in Florida. Um, yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, I'd, I'd love for everybody to be out there crushing two hundreds, I guess. Heck yeah. Um, which I don't know. I mean, I think my thing is is I've I've never understood as to how is it so hard to find them here versus like Midwest, and I mean, I've come to realize, you know, over the last two years, maybe, that I think the biggest thing is just the way the terrain is laid out and the way the food mm-hmm. is laid out. Um, I think some of it, honestly, has to do, I think a lot of it's a mental game, and by that I mean, uh, you know, you grew up watching uh, the Drury's or Bill Jordan or, or those kind of guys, and they weren't hunting Georgia. They weren't hunting Tennessee. They weren't hunting. They were hunting Illinois, Iowa, uh, Ohio. You know what I mean? They were putting those giant deer on the ground. So you you just in your brain when you think of a giant deer, you're thinking of a Kansas stud or a you know that that Midwestern whitetail. Uh, you're not thinking of you know Joe Schmo down there in Georgia that just smashed whatever he got and it being a giant bug. Yeah. I think now can you guys feed up in Tennessee? 
So we can feed up to 10 days before the season. So everything's got to be cleared out 10 days before. Okay. Um, and then now with the – I'm not 100% sure, I, but with this new CWD stuff, so we had uh, – I think it's eight counties total that have tested positive for CWD in the southern part of the state. And they've changed some of the feeding regulations in those counties, to, and then the, the rest of the state is kind of starting to follow suit a little bit. So I, I've never really done it before because, like I said, I, I've really only hunted private. Um, but this year on the private I had, I did start to run some mineral – the uh the next level uh deer supplements mineral and you know that's that's a whole another game is how do you get it out of the ground or how do you you know so you i definitely need to to read up real good on that uh to make sure i'm doing everything legally and and 100 percent right yeah you definitely want to be doing it right um there, i guess there's you know you got to make sure you got your got your t's crossed and your eyes dotted um, mm-hmm because there could be a little little bitty details in there that you might not know about. Um, and another thing I was going to say is I think um, I've never really thought of this until just now. But and I'm I'm sure you guys up in Tennessee, y'all have probably several QDMA counties where there's like restrictions on antler size that you can take. Um, See, I'm not 100 percent positive. Uh, if there is, I know there's, I, I, I can tell you this much. I, I hunt in Tennessee's broken into different units. Um, and I really know unit L because that's the only one I hunt, but we're allowed to take two deer or two antler deer and antler deer is three inches or more. And then we can shoot three doe a day every day. If every day. Every day of the season. It's like, I think, somebody did the math a couple of years ago in front of me, and it was like 540-something deer if we shot three deer a day every day for the entirety of the season. Wow. That's uh... It's, uh, And then I hunt Fort Campbell, uh, which is, like I said, half of it's in Tennessee, half of it's in Kentucky, and uh, those are all bonus animals, and they also do... You get one buck there, doesn't count against your state tags, and then you can also kill three doe a day. So in reality, uh, I could shoot six deer in one day. If I went and sat, you know, public land, Tennessee one day, shot three doe in that morning, that evening went to Fort Campbell and, and had another great evening, shot three more deer. I could shoot six deer in one day. Man, every day. Every day, yeah. Wow. It would be I, I can't imagine how you could pull that off, but there's, well, that's there's what no they way to do. people are doing that though. Oh no, no! I, I shot uh, I shot seven deer last year, um, and only one of them came off Fort Campbell. Hmm. So um, it was uh, it was fun to say the least. That is crazy though. That. That's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity to kill a deer. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like you said, you only hunt that one county, but I'm pretty sure there's several counties in Tennessee and, and in every state for that matter that have some type of QDM regulation, whether it be 15 inch spread, four points on one side, or sometimes it's both. Like the deer has to. Has to, it requires for it to be both for you right. to shoot it. Um, and I've never thought about this until now. And I think that it has a lot to do with the reason why we're seeing so many big deer more frequently, you know, get killed in the south. Um, because I think it was probably... 2000, and this is just for my county. I mean, dates differ for different counties, but my county that I hunt in, I mean, I live in Troop County, Georgia, and I think it was 2001 when they implemented the the QDM 
regulation of the deer, the buck had to be four points on one side. Okay. Um, I think it started in, I think it started in 2001 in my county. And to me, it just makes so much sense. It's been, that's 18 years now for that rule to be in place. And to me, it kind of, because over time, like, it it changes the herd, and it, it takes a long time, and it, it kind of gets the genetics, I guess, where they need to be in a way, and plus when you add the the fact that, like, the big, uh, the big boom from people wanting to feed deer, like supplement feed deer, and the big food plot boom, which was, you know, probably about 10, maybe 15 years ago. Um, you had all those things together, and it just makes sense that now you see more deer. Like, me personally, I see way more, a lot more big bucks falling than I did when, in 2001, when right. I was first starting to hunt. Um, now granted, back then you didn't have Facebook, so you couldn't see what everybody No, but you did have the, I mean, I don't know about you, but you did have that, everybody's got that one watering hole where they went to with their deer Mm -hmm. and talked about it and, you know, see, you hear about it or that one archery shop in town and you know what's going on if somebody's laying down something that's, that's big. Yeah. I mean, I can remember, I can remember back as a kid. And I mean, and I I just keep saying this because I think it, you know, like Tennessee and Georgia, I think they're so relatable that you know it ain't even funny. But I just remember in 2001, I was 11 years old. At that point, I had only shot like a couple of does and a buck. First buck I shot in 2000, I think. And, okay. Uh, but back then, like you didn't. Like, you, you really didn't hear of people killing 180, 190, 200 mm-hmm. bucks. I mean, the the pinnacle, it was like, like back then, like, if somebody had a 150-inch deer on their property, like, that was, like, it was unbelievable. But now, just about everybody's got a hundred at least one 150-inch deer. Right, everyone's chasing that, yeah. Yeah, if it's a substantial-sized property, a few hundred acres at least, pretty much everybody that I know has at least one 150-inch deer on that property. Yeah. Well, I'm hunting, uh, I think it's 18 total acres. And I have one that puts it, he's he's probably going to go Pope and Young. And then I got three that are a year younger than him that next year or the year before, I I definitely could see at least one, if not two of them, pushing that 150s range. Yeah. I don't know if I I kind of (laughs) – I was kind of rambling there for a minute. I was kind of talking and not thinking at the same time. Right. (laughs) But, uh, uh, But, no, I think – yeah, I just think the, the QDM regulations and food plots and supplement feeding, because they, you know, they say like every 10 years, or it takes about 10 years to really, like, have a, I guess, Boone and Crockett. A significant vote. change, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the, uh, I mean, I'm, you've listened to the podcast and you're a long-time mm-hmm. listener to the show, so you know we've talked about Mississippi State Deer Lab and yes, Deer University podcast, and that's one thing that they always talk about. With, or in that they did a study, and it was a ten-year study, and it took it took every bit of those ten years for the results to start showing of a significant change in the bucks in the herd because it well, took, 
basically okay. two generations of does. Right. To have the bucks, then those bucks grew up, got to three and four, and then that's when they noticed the significant change in size. And that's something I guess I, I was pretty ignorant. In, in New York, we uh, we can't feed. We can't. And that was said on your last episode there. Um, you know, and then you said a minute ago you killed deer at 11 years old or whatever in 2001. Uh, I was 10 in 2001. I still had four years to go before I could even pick up a, a, a weapon and go after a deer, which is kind of crazy. Like the, the age down here is six. So my daughter in two years can be hunting, which was half and then some what uh it took me before i could hunt but i think a, uh, a lot of it has to be with this whole deer you know we're talking about growing deer and getting bigger and, and whatever I, I think a lot of it has to do with guys are, are starting to realize that you're not feeding or supplementing or however you want to put it the deer you're you got on the farm today you're you're trying to get the genetics the prime genetics, the prime nutrition to those deer. So in two or three years, when those fawns are born, their genetic potential is unlocked, and they are everything they can be. You know, I thought, uh, you know, with deer mineral or whatever, because like I said, I, you know, we didn't do it, so I didn't look into it. I didn't have a reason to. Uh, I thought when I listened to the the next level episode of Whitetail Legacy. Um, I was going to go out and get some of their mineral. I was going to throw it on the ground in, in June, and I was going to have a 200-inch buck by September because that's what it did. It, it You know, it, it grew deer, and then they got to talking about it, and they're like, no, really, you're you're more doing this for the does than you are the bucks because the does are the ones that right. unlock the genetic potential. And it really opened my eyes, and that's what got me in with the the Mississippi U or Deer U and, uh, and Bronson Circle and all that stuff, like actually listening to – what they've learned in those those long-term studies is that it's not just an overnight thing. It's it's something that's going to take years and years and years to develop into a process which works. And that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I know that we might kind of be talking about getting in the weeds here a little bit and getting a little bit deep with it, but, I mean, I encourage, and not, not only MSU Deer Lab, but I mean, next level, you know, they're they're awesome too. They they know their stuff, and I encourage mm-hmm. I encourage anybody and everybody to go and at least check it out. And like, really, really, you'll find out like what it really takes for these deer to get to the sizes that they're getting, uh, because. A, a deer, like really, like, and they've said this before on the from the Deer University podcast, like a buck is really not supposed to be 160 plus inches. Like they're not they're not supposed to give 200 inches. Like, mm-hmm. Biologically, they don't have to. Like, there's no reason for them to get that big. Well, actually, think about how much that weighs. You know what I mean? Just think if you could, if you had the choice between wearing a cement hat and a and a straw hat, which one are you going to wear all day long? You know? Yeah. I mean, because I think the biggest thing is like, and this you you probably you'll find this pretty much anywhere you go, like. Um, any and this could probably be in any state. Um, you're 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 always gonna have an eight pointer that you know is right at a hundred inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just your you know your everyday two three year old buck. And he's just a regular eight pointer, and yeah, he may get a little bit bigger as he ages, but the the average buck out there is just that, about 100 max, maybe 120-inch eight-pointer. And that's, but that's why I like that, because that's the size, like the rack is there for them to fight. Mm-hmm. They use it for defense. So if 
that's what its purpose is, there's no reason for them to gain a bigger one. If no, then you're slower and you're... For another guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... I mean, my dad shot... In 1986, my dad shot a 135-inch buck, eight-pointer, like you said. I thought that was the biggest deer in the world until I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I just thought that... <laughs> 135 inches was it and then all of a sudden you turn on tv and you start those mental processes start you know working because you're waking up and all of a sudden holy cow that guy just shot a 200 inch buck what are we doing wrong you know why aren't we seeing those deer yeah. and then that was where it started to that that fire comes underneath you as a whitetail hunter as you want to get it bigger and whatever and um you know like i said I, i've hunted public land forever uh and my philosophy was always if you don't shoot it, the guy behind you is going to. Because you know there's somebody sitting 60 yards from me. This is inevitable in any kind of state land. Uh, you know, you let that buck walk and then pow, behind you. Well, you should have shot it yourself. Uh, but this year I've, I've made some decisions, especially on this private land piece, uh, where my standards are going up a little bit. I hope I can uphold them. But... uh you know, I'm going to shoot what makes me happy, and I'm going to be happy at the end of the day with meat in my freezer, and that's all there is to that. That's right. Um, well, we'll get off of, uh, we'll get off of talking about how big deer are, what it takes to get them big, and why are they big, and all that. Um, mm-hmm. and let's talk about this, uh, bow hunting league. Um, I don't know. What we're going to do, me and uh, Justin, one of the other guys with Stress South, we've been -hmm. been talking about getting in on it. Um, But uh, tell us what this Bowman League's all about. So I got into it uh, because Cody from White Legacy, when they did their podcast with Ben Harrison from the White League, they called us out. They called a couple of us guys, Paul, who you talked to a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Justin is a, a, another guy from Mississippi. Uh, so the three of us made a little team together, and uh, we got in. And then uh, there's another, the, the next level guys, and another guy, John, he got in on that. Um, so there's, there's three teams, uh, Cody and Homie's team, uh, our team and then, uh, the next level team from their podcast alone that are in there. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a good time. It's, uh, you know, they talked about, uh, obviously I've never killed anything over a hundred inches. I'm going to be completely upfront. Um, and I don't believe the other two guys on my team really have maybe, maybe Duncan's got one that's, that's that big or, or bigger. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not far behind you. I think right. the biggest one yeah. I've ever shot maybe 120. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and and you know, and I'm like I said, I've never uh, never been that guy, but uh, so I, at first I was kind of hesitant, but um, listening to the podcast and listening to them talk, they were talking about it being a community, and um, I got in and I, I started looking and watching and and seeing, and guys were posting last year's pictures and. There was that 100-inch buck, that 100-inch eight-point you were just talking about. And there was no comments like, should have gave him another year. Why would you shoot a, you know, a two-and-a-half-year-old, blah, 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 that you see in all these other social media groups. There was congratulations, uh, you know, great buck, good job, you know, way, way to get him. And that's what, okay, I've sealed the deal for me because if I shoot a deer that I'm happy with, and I post it on there, and somebody starts dogging on me, I'm not coming back. There's a group of hardcore hunters across the nation, and it doesn't matter if you're a 200-inch guy or if you're an 80-inch guy. You're in the group together, and you're bouncing ideas and tactics and stuff like that off each other. And there's really none of that uh, animosity that you get in the other groups that you see on social media, or at least that I'm seeing on social media. Um so it's a really good experience, in my opinion, uh, to get in there. And then on top of that, it's free entry, and there's some prizes on the back end. So 
you know, uh, the, the coolest thing I think they got going is this big fat doe competition. So that's great. You can shoot a 200 inch buck and all that, but it brings everybody together. If you can shoot, you know, a 150 pound doe and be in the running for this, this big fat doe competition, cause it's broke up into regions. So it's not like we're competing against, you know, uh, us guys down south are competing against those Illinois 200 pound doe. Um, it's yeah. broke up pretty decently where we still got a chance at, at doing something, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome, man. Um, the fact that you can, you know, it's basically a community where you can just share hunting stories and then maybe have a chance to win some, win some cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's, I think everybody knows, everybody that listens to this podcast, they kind of know how I feel about it. I mean, I don't, of course I don't condone bashing somebody for shooting what they want to shoot, but I just, I, there's just, I mean, there's no place for it. Right. And I, I mean, I'll be bottom line up front. I shot two spikes last year and that was my two buck tags. I'm not pretending that I'm a guy that I'm not. Um, uh, like I said, I've never shot anything. I think that that one buck I got, if, if it wasn't broken up, it probably would push a hundred. But I don't think it's it's anything, you know, over maybe eighty. But uh, I, I'm I'm all I'm all in on this this competition here. It's just it gives you just a little bit more drive, and everybody's looking for that. You know, everybody loves deer hunting, and and. It's just a bunch of like-minded people, and I don't want to say guys. I say guys a lot, and that's just, uh, you know, whatever. There's there's a whole – there's a women's division, I believe, and then there's a, there's some mixed teams, and then there was one team the other day they were talking about that's going to be like 15-, 16-year-old kids getting in there together on a team and competing against, you know, the rest of us that are full-grown adults, which I think is awesome. Um, that it's getting everybody. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's really awesome. And I, see, I think see, I want to, I want to, I guess, thank you in a way, um, because like to me, like like you said, you know, you you were you're honest about it, and you're that guy. Like you, you shot two spikes last year. Yep. To me, see, to me, I have no problem with that because you because you own it, like you. You know, but I just, we all know those hunters. We all know somebody, every one of us. We've probably got a buddy or somebody that we know may not be buddies with them, but uh, we all know that one guy that he'll probably condone if you shoot something small, but then he goes and shoots something small. Oh, yeah. To me, that's, that's, to me, that's probably the biggest problem, and that's where all that comes from, and that's where all that – Oh, imagine what he'd been next year. That's to me. That's kind of the heart of where it comes from. And yeah, I just to me, I I can't. I've never been able to understand that. Like, I mean, if you want to shoot a spike, by all means, shoot one. If it's legal. shoot it, yeah. But, I mean, but you can't like get mad at somebody for shooting a doing the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, but all they talk about, you know. You're out there going around shooting four pointers, but then yet again, all they all they do is talk about how, you know, they're they're on they're on the search for monster bugs and they're going to kill a giant. And, you know, this that's that's all they do. Like, yeah, I just don't understand it. <laughs> and I don't remember which there was there was some hunting show a hundred years ago that I watched that said, "Don't pass something on the first day you would shoot on the last day." Yep. And that kind of rung out to me that if 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 I'm on a, you know, whether it's September 15th or whether it's January 1st, I'm going to shoot the same deer. I'm not going to, you know, whether, like I said, this year, after that buck came out, I definitely had some, some I don't want to say, there were regrets. I, I was down on myself pretty hard, and I leaned on a couple of, uh, a couple of my buddies that, see if I made the right decision or not. And it, it really came down to what I have been happy shooting that deer. And I thought, sure, 
sure, I would have been happy. I would have been been real happy shooting that deer. But was that my goal for that season? No. Would I have let myself down? Kind of. And that's why I think I didn't grab my bow. I grabbed that camera instead. In my subconscious, I'm developing that more maturity when it comes to the deer hunting. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, but that, uh, how, I, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm starting to forget what I was thinking about, but, um, <laughs> so how do, how do people, how could somebody get entered into that bow hunting league if they want to? Uh, it's real easy. All they got to do, uh, is go on to the bow hunting league, uh, Facebook page. And as long as one person in the group has a Facebook page, they can get on there and do it. And you may be able to do it from the Bow Hunting League forum. Uh, I'm not sure what the the address of that is off the top of my head. Uh, but I know they encourage at least one member to be on the Bow Hunting League forum because that's where they put their scoring and stuff. Um, but you go on there, you find the, the sign-up thread, and it closes. Today is, what, the 29th? So it closes on the 31st. So you've got two days. If you're getting ready to do it, think about it. And uh, another real cool thing they're doing is if you're a single hunter, uh, you can. they have a thread for, for people that are that don't have a team. You know what I mean? Just one guy or, or two guys or whatever. You go in there and you punch in, hey, I'm looking for a team on this little thread you got, and you put what state you're in. And on the 31st, when they close registration, they're going to take all those single hunters together and they're going to put them in a random name generator, and you're going to be on a random team with random guys you've never met. So that's kind of cool. And then, like you said, you and Justin are looking for a, a, a third, basically. You could go in there and say, hey, here, there's two of us. You know, They encourage you post pictures of your prior harvest or what you plan to harvest this year or whatever and say, hey, I'm looking for one guy. And hopefully somebody will jump in there, and it may be somebody from – Illinois. It may be somebody from New York, Texas, you know, wherever that just says, Hey, I'm looking to get on a team and you got a team. Thanks. And then you develop that relationship between those guys, which again is another thing where, you know, obviously we wouldn't have met without social media and something like this is where, you know, you never know. You can meet your best friends. Um, just cause you randomly got selected together in this bow hunting league on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty awesome, and I agree. Um, never know who you're gonna meet. You never know what. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my teller. I say it all the time. I mean that's that's what I get out of this podcast. Is to me, I love doing it because I get to talk to people that I would never have even talked to otherwise. So right. Um, yeah, I I just messaged the guy uh, from last week. The guy that hunts off a of horseback. We're from the same area in New York. And, you know, I, I messaged him. I was like, hey, I heard you on Strip South, you know, whatever. And I said, it's, it's crazy that we had to go through a podcast from Georgia for two people in, in the same area of New York to meet up and interact with each other. It's it's just insane that, you know, social media pulls this kind of stuff off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is crazy. And. Yeah, Lewis, man, he's a great dude. He's he's awesome, and uh, he's got some cool stuff. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, I guess I guess Bradley, uh, since I can't think of anything else, we'll go ahead and start wrapping it up. I think we're coming All up right. an hour here, probably getting close to it. Um, I tell you what, though, man, I'm I'm fired up. Like it's it's getting time. When does y'all season start? So we start the 28th of September, but Fort Campbell opens the 14th. So I'll be in the woods again on the 14th, give or take. Good deal. Um, our season starts on the 14th. Uh, for, mm-hmm. That's for the whole state. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm I've been pretty, pretty excited. Paul Paul is jacked up. He cannot wait. He's going on that bear hunt, yeah. and he cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. Um I tell you what, though, man, I'm I'm pretty excited too. I uh, I just went and checked uh, my cameras. Went and checked cameras yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Checked cameras yesterday, and got a couple of bucks. One I know I'm gonna shoot if I see him. Uh, mm-hmm. The other I don't 100% know yet. I might 
make my mind up in person, like when I see him in person. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited because they are kind of starting to show up like 20, 30 minutes before dark now. And yeah, I was before noticing it was all nighttime. So, um, see, and I was having middle of the day pictures is what I was getting, and now they're starting to get more on that fall pattern. Yeah, I, I was getting the one. This one deer I want to shoot. He's like a funky um, six pointer. He's like a big giant six pointer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I sent you. I'll send you a picture of him. Um, okay. But he's. I mean, he's really funky looking, and if he had, if he had, his one big side, if if he had, if it was both sides, man, he would be, he would be giant. giant. He, I mean, he's he's still big, and uh, he, um, it was really weird. I was getting pictures of him at like, I, I really didn't pin down exactly, but I kind of come up with the idea of anywhere from every seven to nine days. Okay. He would be, like, gone, like, not in the camera, but then he would come through either seven, eight, or nine on on one of those days. He would come to pass my camera at two o'clock in the evening. Uh, and that's, that's kind that of what for, I got going with my big one right now. Yeah, he did that for maybe three or four weeks, I guess. Every seventh, eighth, or ninth day, he would just pass the camera. But hmm. those days in between, he wouldn't even be there, even at nighttime. Um, yeah. So, but him and another bug that I just don't know about yet, he's a big small it's kind of a really tight nine pointer i don't mm-hmm. know if i'm going to shoot him or not he, but if he looks good in person i probably will shoot him <laughs> if he's still velvet by the time i hunt i'm definitely going to shoot him um, right so we'll just have to see but i'm getting fired up and starting to starting to i think my game plan is starting to about to start taking shape because I think I'm going to put me a stand up here in the next week or so where I'm getting those daylights at. That's good, man. I'm excited. I hope you can crush a big one. I hope everybody crushes a big one. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the jewelry. Knock out another couple, two, 230, something. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Shooting. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and I'm excited for football. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, uh, can't wait. <laughs> ready to do it. Thank you, man. Um, well, Bradley, man, I appreciate you getting on here with us. I mean, I don't know if it was fun for you, but it was fun for me. Uh, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good talking. I love talking deer hunting. I'll talk deer hunting to anybody. Right. Heck yeah, man. Um, but you, and we, we didn't even talk about it. Um, but, uh, you said at the beginning, you said you're trying to start filming your hunts and stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, you got your YouTube channel now. Um, I do. Yeah. And all that good stuff. And I Facebook, got my, my I first video watch. out this morning. Let everybody know. Was that the turkey hunt? Yeah, it was, uh, me and my daughter and then me and my brother did a little bit, but, uh, mostly focuses around me and my daughter. Awesome man. Um, what's the name of it for everybody so they can go check it out? Uh, so everything I got on social media is Collings Forty Five Outdoors, and then uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then YouTube. And then the turkey video is like uh, Turkey Season 2019, A New Beginning, I believe, or something like that. I don't know. I've been working on it so hard, and I've changed so many things, and I can't remember what I finally went with when I finally said, "All right, I'm just going to send it this afternoon." So, <laughs> biggest thing is do it and have fun with it. That's all that matters. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm doing. I, 
I'm hunting my own hunt. I don't care what other people think. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you don't like it. But uh, I'm doing it for me, and I'm doing it for my family, and that's why I'm doing it. We'll have to. Go, I'll have to come up there with you, or you'll have to come down here to Georgia, man. We need to get together and go turkey hunting. Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe we get Paul and us together and do it big. Or we could go. We need to go up there to. Uh, we need to go up there with Cody and Ryan and show them how to turkey hunt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can, I tell you what, I've never shot a bird, and we talked about this. This is really how we start kind of started talking, and. Uh, Cody's laid some birds down, from what I understand, and homies ate up with it. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't, we talked a little bit about some turkey stuff on there, but we didn't really get into details about actually turkey hunting. So. Yeah, Cody is, uh, from what I understand, in Missouri, he was quite the turkey slayer, and uh, homies killed quite a few himself. Nice. Yeah, well. We might have to go up there and take some of their turkeys because they got some big fat turkeys up there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what y'all. We can kill four where I'm at, so uh, even out of staters. So I'm in a good spot for uh, if I can find them, we can lay them down. Well, Bradley, man, I think uh, I think we can end it there, man. Um, that was good to me. Pretty good stuff right there. Yeah, I thank you for having me on. Um,